0: <laughs> Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, episode 187. Today is February 23rd. My name is Craig Prowse. Joining me, Mandrew Montemarie. We've made it. It is now Friday. The weekend is upon us, my friend. Uh, how, how you feeling, friend? Dude, I am tired and just worn out. I
1: feel like it's been the longest week, but I'm just excited for the weekend. Just to stay at home and do absolutely nothing. No big plans? No, I just want to stay home, play games, and catch up on
0: shows. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a hopefully forty-eight hours of just catching up on some good gaming, especially with uh, with Final Fantasy uh, Rebirth right around the corner. And did we do we know when Dragon's Dogma was? Was it Mar- early March? I think it's like the
1: start of March. I March 9th is in my head, but if it's not March 9th, it's like this
0: maybe like no later than the twenty-second. Either way, it's like pretty close. We got some big beefy titles coming up guys so that's what we're looking forward to so guys if you're uh, watching us on youtube make sure you like comment subscribe share hit the notification bell if you guys are listening to the audio only version of the podcast you can check it out on your platform of choice and if you guys are interested in following us on any of our social media our link tree link will be in the description so as always before we get into our main episodes we like to do What are you up to when Andrew and I take a second and talk about things we've been playing, things we've been watching, kind of loosen up a little. So, uh, Andrew, what have you been playing? What have Um, you been watching? Talk to me.
1: I'll talk about what I'm watching later because, I mean, that's relative to something we're going to talk about. So, I've been binging something. As far as playing anything, I finished Infinite Wealth. I love that game. I think I like... Sevens overall story more than eight but just the perfect refinements that they made to the gameplay in this game like i just i just got lost like playing for hours i didn't even mind to when i was like just going through these little things grinding and stuff because i'm just putting it on a podcast and they just made the combat especially if you're trying to do something like that just so easy to do you can even put your people to i don't think i'd mentioned it before almost like final fantasy 12 where you can like Said it, I, I use the word paradigm from 12, but you can put them on like auto combat so they'll just do whatever's going to be best like that. and heal when they need to heal. So, like if you're trying to grind to get up some levels and stuff, just let them run through and do their thing while you're. I, I was watching a show while See, that's yeah, I like going that.
0: on. I like that nice quality of life improvement. Yeah,
1: so they just made that one. Better than ever. That game was amazing. And so after that, I thought I'd just go something in the complete opposite direction. I'd skipped out on Immortals Phoenix Rising. I don't remember why when that game came out. I just remember that we got it.
0: Uh It was in my top five for that year.
1: Um, I'm really liking it so far. I think my biggest disappointment in it is I thought maybe it was a little... I, I don't remember seeing too many trailers from back then, but my always thought of it was that it was... Not, like, a serious game, but I didn't think it was, like, jokey where, like, Zeus and, um... Hades and all those they're, guys. They're, they're dubbing over with their monologue and making jokes and this and that the whole time. Like, oh, <laughs> game over. And I'm just like, uh, if I kind of hate this. And I'm going to like it more now. I really like the combat and the gameplay of it. So it feels good. I kind of like the
0: idea that um, Ubisoft should do more games like this. Yeah, that, that's a good Ubisoft game. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, um, how do you liking the, like, finding the different puzzles and collecting all the different kind of um, items to boost up all your stuff? Like, are you finding any of them too challenging or, like, or because I actually was like I don't I hate puzzles and games but like these ones were kind of fun like getting the balls in all the right spots. I would honestly almost have to equate this to I would
1: say it feels almost like playing a Zelda game like a, a Greek Zelda game is yeah. what it feels like. The puzzles aren't too challenging but some of them aren't like is overly easy. Sometimes I'm sitting there trying to figure out what certain things mean so. I think if it, like, this could be something that you do two or three of that I don't think would ever reach the peak of, like, Zelda, but if you just choose a different area with, like, the same style of gameplay, it could be, like, a series that's almost something like that. Excellent.
0: Um, anything else?
1: Nah, what are you doing?
0: As far as what I've been up to, um, as far as what I've been, uh, playing, I finally beat Yakuza 0, I believe I was still talking about it, I think, at the end of, uh, or, yes, or not yesterday, last week's show, and... I, I gotta say, man, it just got better and better and better. In the beginning, I was not salty on the game, but I was like, man, this game's like, it's a long opening, you gotta listen to everything, I can't play, I can't listen to my podcast and stuff, but the more it goes on, the twists and turns and, like, detective capabilities and the way the gameplay shoots changes where one minute you're running and fighting, the next you're shooting at helicopters, it was fantastic, and I... I just, I mean I was kind of skipping cutscenes in the beginning when I didn't think it was gonna be as good. But as soon as you see some of these people get shot, people get stabbed, you meet you're meeting these new characters. It's like you've got to you got to fully commit and watch it. And I'm glad I did because uh, it's actually a really really good game. And I I'm now excited to play more of them and just and maybe make it just a side game. Like once a night, try to beat a chapter and then stick to something else that I'm playing. I could see me doing that a lot. But we were talking off camera. Should I go straight to 1 and 2? I know you said you liked them, but a lot of people don't. Or if I did skip 1 and 2, would I start at 3 or 4? I would say do 0. You already
1: did 0. People like 1 and 2. I personally like 2 more than 1. I see some people are a little soft on 2, but I think 2 has an amazing villain. That, it plays like 0 does, so it's just good gameplay. Okay. Three, four, and five are the ones that are a little rougher because three and four didn't get, like, a remaster. Ah. Three, I I would just recommend kind of skipping them because even though I had a good time playing them, just some of the combat's not good. Especially in three, there's a lot of people that block, and you don't have, like, an attack right away to, like, get around that. So you could jump into five if you want. I personally would just skip three, four, five, and just jump straight into six because six is really good and that's kind of more that modern combat style, and then that would lead you straight into 7. You could even stop where you are now with 0, and jump straight into 7 if you wanted Ooh, to, I like and that. do it so that way you could get your JRPG fix, like, kind of out okay, of the way. Okay, I was gonna say, is that the one where it changes
0: up the style a little bit?
1: Right, because then you, you have an idea of how these people are, you know who these set legendary people are, and you only see them a little bit in this, because 7, again, is its own story. You understand what gangs or, or uh, what, gangs or what, so you would be perfectly fine jumping is into 7 it. the
0: dragon one? Is that the yellow case that's, one?
1: That's when they started calling it, Yaku- that one's Yakuza 7, like a dragon, okay. and then after that is when they started calling it like a dragon. But yeah, the,
0: the, the steel case was yeah. yellow. Okay, cool, yeah. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed Yakuza. It's a shame that the West didn't have it, or at least Microsoft, Xbox didn't have it for so long. So it is nice to see Capcom, coming over to Xbox, and getting a bigger audience, because I never would have played it unless it was on the Game Pass. And it's cool that all of them are pretty much on the Game Pass. Maybe not the newest one. The newest but, one's not, but everything else is. Yeah. And then you finally understand the hype? Yeah, the hype's real, baby. The hype is real. It's got the best characters. It's got the craziest storylines. Um, I found myself... Do- I was doing a lot more side stuff than I originally thought I was going to do instead of just running through I didn't do all of it, but some of it was a lot of fun. So... I'm um, happy that I, I beat it. As far as what I'm going to play next, I'm I'm tossing a coin between um, Alan Wake 2, which um, obviously, you know, one of the best games of the year last year. But I'm kind of in the mood to play something zany. And I know um, I did want to point out, because me, you, and Collins were talking about it, is Dead Island 2 is now on the Game Pass. So if you guys didn't know that, um, definitely download it and check it out. Glad we didn't buy it. We almost pulled the trigger I, like three yeah. different times. I was say, there's a couple times, but... Uh, Yeah, so uh, as far as what I've been watching, I believe yesterday, (coughs) excuse me, as of February uh, 22nd, the live-action show on Netflix of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender dropped. Now, there's eight episodes in total, um, and they're hour-longs, which I really, really like, Um, so I've only watched the first two episodes, and I'll just put it like this. This is, like, the best, cheesiest show ever, like... There's not a lot of strong acting in it. Some of the actors are really well, but the majority of them aren't really that. I mean, they're kids, right? Um, The guy that plays Appa, or uh, not Appa. um, Let's say um, the bison. Uncle Iroh. uh, He's in a bunch of stuff. Paul Sun-Hyung Lee. He's in, like, um, Mandalorian. He's in Kim's Convenience. So he's definitely one of the strongest actors. The kid that plays Prince Zuko, Dallas Liu. I really like him and on Fire Lord Ozai, Daniel Day Kim is awesome. The rest of them are kind of hit or miss. the The CGI really isn't that good. There's some very noticeable things of him not touching something as he's flying, or or it's, you'll just notice some of these. And I'm only in episode two. The costumes, the outfits, the aesthetic, the look is a little comic y right? It doesn't look like it's a movie set worth of action or worth of costumes. But dude, I'm crying. Look, watching my show, my fa- one of my favorite shows being realized again because there are really, really good scenes, like with um, with a uh, Sokka and I always forget the girl um, who's the Kiyoshi warrior. Um, oh, well, not man, I can her name. I figured her name. I'll, I'll get it in, in it in a second. Yeah, but uh, they've got a really nice chemistry together. Um, so yeah, it's it's not the best, but if you are and if you if you weren't a fan of Avatar and you started watching this, you might say, no, it's not for me. But as a huge fan of Last Airbender, I'm like, dude, I'll watch this thing all day. There's a scene where, dude, uh, and again, the fire's kind of cheesy, but where, like, someone just gets burned alive and they show it. So it's definitely a more more mature um, version of Last Airbender. You are going to see – I've already seen people die and get killed and stuff like that, so it is a bit more mature. But um, I'm having a lot of fun, and hopefully – by the end of um, this weekend, I, I have enough time to watch all uh, the other six episodes. so I'm going to start watching it this weekend, too. Uh, I, I think you'll think it, man. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on next episode. So, guys, that's what I've been uh, playing. That's what I've been watching. Leave down in the comments below, guys, what you have been uh, playing and what you've been up to. So, with that down out of the way, guys, let's move into our main topic. And it's kind of a follow-up from our last week's episode where... There was a lot of rumors and speculation about what was happening with Xbox, and then we were kind of waiting for this big update, which happened on the official Xbox podcast. Suki. Suki. There he is. There's my man. that's why I keep you around. And uh, it was hosted by Tina Amini, who I really enjoy her. Uh, And it had Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer, President of Xbox Sarah Bond, and Head of Xbox Game Studios Matt Booty. And this is just kind of a quick catch-up, because they were kind of talking about the future of Xbox moving some legacy titles to other um, platforms. They also had some hardware announcement and some uh, a couple other announcements we'll get into. But just to catch you up, this comes with us from The Verge. And it says, it's official. Microsoft is bringing some Xbox-exclusive games to PS5 and Nintendo Switch. It's part of a broader strategy shift inside Microsoft's gaming business to grow games beyond just the company's Xbox consoles. And this is quoted from Phil Spencer. We've made this decision that we're going to make take four games to the other consoles, reveals Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer on the official Xbox podcast. Bizarrely, Microsoft is refusing to name the four titles, but the company says that the two are community-driven games and the other two are smaller titles. Sources familiar with Microsoft's plans tell me the first two titles will be High Five Rush and Pentiment, followed by Sea of Thieves and Grounded. Spencer claims... There hasn't been any change to the company doing Xbox exclusives yet. At the same time, he also thinks there will be fewer consoles uh, exclusives across the industry over the next decade. So um, if you watched our last episode, we kind of had a bunch of games that we were kind of thinking or a lot of people were speculating may or may not come. This pretty much fell in suit, right? We A lot of people knew Hi-Fi Rush. Um, sea of Thieves was one. So um, it was weird that they just kind of said it. Like they didn't want to say anything when we can clearly see the writing on the wall and plus after the direct we kind of learned some stuff anyway what, what were your thoughts
1: yeah i i I thought their dialogue was like a little shaky when i was kind of watching it at first know anyway, because again it's only 20 minutes and i'm like it took you guys like two weeks to announce this thing this thing could have been out like that friday to get st- stop that house fire that they were kind of having that would have done them far greater service and letting it be out that thursday and i just the whole time I watch watching, I'm like, I kind of don't really get it, but I guess I'll have to wait and see, especially too, because I hate that they're like, oh, this is the way we grow Xbox, but then PlayStation is putting out numbers that same day that they have like more subscribers, and obviously they sold more consoles, and they don't have to do this strategy, so it's like,
0: I I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because uh, Tina Amini actually point blank asked them, "She's like, okay, you don't have to tell us that it's um, which four games, but is it safe to assume that it's not, um, or is it going to be... Starfield and Indiana Jones because that was one of the two biggest titles that people were thinking would be if you're going to put big games on it, it's going to be those. And he said, no, it's not that. And what a lot of people were kind of misinterpreting is that he didn't say it will never be those. He just said that these first four games aren't going to be that. So it's kind of the question that everyone's asking. Is this just a, like these four games and they're going to keep it legacy titles? Because one of the things was that these are all games that are over a year old um there's smaller games that were never designed as, uh, specifically to be exclusive titles and the other ones are kind of um, online gaming is this just like are they going to keep doing old titles that don't really matter or is this a trojan horse to kind of see okay well how do people respond and and will we eventually put on starfield and indiana jones so how do you look at it do you think it'll it will be bigger more important titles moving forward or do you think They're going to just keep doing kind of um, some older games just to kind of make money on games that aren't making anything more. Uh, A little bit of both? I think, yeah, a little bit of both. Because I I
1: wouldn't say any of these games are really like the face of Xbox. So I think that will keep those other people happy. Like, okay, we still have our brand identity with like Gears or Halo or something like that. But let's say oh the next Elder Scrolls, whatever they call it, comes out or something like Uh that. I think what would make people happy and maybe the better decision for them if you are going to make it multi is like, okay, you can play it on Xbox day one, day and day for free and it'll be on PlayStation or whatever else six months down the road, three months down the road, a year down the road because those are the games that really matter because Elder Scrolls is a game that that, like, I could wait. I've been waiting to play Final Fantasy because that to me and is promising. different and I still haven't gotten it versus if Elder Scrolls was something that was on, I, I don't know that I could wait if there was a genre-defining game the same way Starf- Starfield didn't turn out that way, but if they put out something that is like the next Skyrim, that is that magnum opus, yeah.
0: can you wait for something like that? Yeah, so um, it was it was kind of overall just, I don't know what it was really meant for. Um, I forget how long it was. I think it was around 40 minutes. 20. And it was Yeah, it was 20. It was a really short one. Um, was there something from the Nintendo Direct you wanted to point out? Because we're not, we're not going to cover the Direct that just recently happened, but just so you know, there is one. It, it had about 24 console games on it, in, and then including, um, things like, uh, the new Mickey game, South Park, Snow Day, and it had a bunch of, um, uh, online games you can get, like the new Battletoads Maniac I wanted to play. But it dropped something right after the exclusive because I wasn't even thinking about it until you pointed out. So yeah, that was uh, Grounded is
1: going to be coming to the Switch and that's going to be on April 16th. And it's also coming to PlayStation as well. But that was a part of their third person or third person, third party showcase. So I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it's interesting to see the name and the logo and everything like that up there. But I mean, that's a game that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of glad that game is there. I remember when we were playing it and dude, playing it now, there's so much more stuff to it. So it is kind of cool that even if you you know you're getting it late, you're getting the best version of it. So um, yeah, so there are already games that are that are they already are ready to go to um, the next platforms. But speaking of, do you think he's going to actually like? How do you interpret him saying uh, exclusives across the industry over the next decade is going to get fewer and fewer? But like, what does that mean? How do you speak for the industry when micro when Sony makes? Uh, it has some of like at least the leader of the franchise, and all of Nintendo's games are essentially exclusive. So I was kind of just curious. I'm like, are you saying you're you're not going to be making exclusives? Because when you say the industry, it's like, well, the two best selling ones have have some of the best and only exclusives. So what do you think he was kind of say there? I, I I think he's really just speaking
1: for themselves, and who knows, maybe that is their game plan. I feel like the writing's maybe a little bit on the wall. Again, it's hard to really understand what he says because he'll say one thing but really like mean another Yeah, it speaks out of both sides of his mouth or well. exactly and it's like that with everything because i mean the perfect example would be when he's like oh we don't want to talk about these four games because we want to let these studios be able to show it off in their own way we don't want to ruin their announcement but then come a week later they just drop all four of the games that are going to be coming out to everything else in an xbox wire blog yeah so yeah. it's like okay well what was so special that you had to wait another week like the be, yeah. For an Xbox blog post? Yeah, that I mean, no the sense. Nintendo
0: Grounded thing was fine, but the blog post, I think, came out before that. Yeah, so um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about the games because they do have two other announcements. Um, was there anything else on the four games? Or
1: I, I'll just go over them just because we have Pentiment. That's good c- because we do have dates for them. So Pentiment is coming out February 22nd. That will be on Switch and PlayStation. Hi-Fi Rush surprisingly the one that has already been um where people like backlog and dig through games and stuff that said that has proof that it probably is going to be coming to switch almost like 99 percent is only slated for playstation on march 9th grounded of course april 16th switch and playstation and then sea of thieves is only is coming april 30th and that is going to be on PlayStation only. And that one, I would, Hi Rush could easily run on a Switch, I think. I think Sea of Thieves. Uh, Grounded's a pretty big game. See if these is a lot bigger. So I wonder if maybe they're saving something like that for, cause there's the rumor later on this year that switch might reveal the switch, the switch to the success. The they call it super switch. And then, uh, yeah. And that would actually be kind of a cool name. And that would be a, that would be a good thing to have here. We're revealing this game. We have all these exclusives, but here's a, a third party, a big game. See yeah. if Thieves would make sense or
0: something and like fi- that. And running on some, on some better hardware would definitely help Nintendo out. So those are the games. I, I still, I think it's, um, with Andrew, I think it's a little bit of both of what they're going to be doing moving forward. I think, I think we'll probably see the rest of this year probably do legacy titles, and then seeing how well they do or sell, that I think starting in 2025, then you'll start seeing things like Starfield and Indiana Jones pop up. But they did mention two other things that we can go over, is they mentioned that there's going to be a new... Hardware um, drop later in this year. That's going to be leaps and bounds It's going to be the most technical jump that you've ever seen between systems Now a lot of people were kind of confused on that just because the wording wasn't exactly right there Is it going to be an update system from this gen is like a 1.5 version like a refresh or are they dropping a new Console, I think the majority of people understood that it's, it sounds like it's just a 1.5 Like they're just gonna, They're gonna beef. They're gonna beef up the series X. They're gonna slip it down and it's gonna have a couple things that are gonna. What I'm just trying to wrap my head around is what, how are you, what are you gonna give it? That's gonna be the biggest technical leap that we've ever seen because we're already at running 1080p. We're already running a a bunch of stuff. So, what were your thoughts on what they're gonna do? Uh, yeah, I have no clue what that would be because that was my thing. I was like, okay, you're talking the biggest technical
1: leap, so I didn't take it as 1.5. I took. it, oh, as, you take it as a new system. As a a new system, or I you could call that the Xbox Series, whatever. It, does, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just give it a name that's. So that way, maybe it seems like it's within that family. But in a way, it almost seems like, hey, maybe we're trying to ideally kickstart what would be the next generation.
0: What's it been, five years now?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, 360 arguably had the longest generation, 360 and PS3. The other ones have been shorter. And even PlayStation recently put out their thing that PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. is kind of at the end of like its general life cycle. And they're already talking about further ideas. So that would maybe be a good idea if you... If you come through and you have something that maybe Sony can't match because they've already got their plans and stuff, and we're gonna plant our flag this year and be out however long before Sony's next console is, then who knows? Maybe that could be something. We're going to try to restart the next generation now on the right foot, and maybe who knows that would be that would that might be a good strategy to start. Well, and
0: then I thought I thought PlayStation was still a. I thought we knew there was a there was a refresh skew coming. So isn't there already something in the pipeline that they're already making a 1.5 PS5? So yeah, if anything, they I they would be at least another year. I'll say that that's kind of the
1: hard thing to talk about when or when they're talking about that stuff is because they yeah they did say like oh it's at the end of whatever cycle, but we have all these rumors of like a refreshed PS5 with maybe like a few upgrades here and there that wouldn't be like you know, the difference between one generation and another generation of console. But when they're talking about it being at the end of its cycle, like, that, what what does that even mean? Does that mean you're also planning a big technical generational leap? Because the
0: way they're making it sound is, like, it's, it's a whole different... It's a night and day between the consoles. Yeah, and I think one of the things they were saying for a technical leap is that, like, you know how you always have to put on, like, game mode or performance mode and you have to switch between all that? Some people are suggesting that maybe it'll be a version or, or the we will, will be able to finally run both of them at once. And I just noticed, are you growing out your tail again? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it just caught my eye behind that. I was like, oh, he's growing his tail again. So, yeah, it is kind of uh, interesting to see what they mean and what they what they meant by this will be the biggest technical leap. They were saying something It's like, going from... Um, like this, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, to like the PlayStation, it's gonna be something that's that big. So it's just hard to wrap my head around what that could possibly be. Eight so. K, one hundred and twenty frames. Yeah. But at this end of the day, it's like that. I'm not a stickler for that stuff anyway. So what does that even? And mean how much too? is that gonna affect the price? You know yeah. What I mean? So um, and the other thing that they, <clears throat> the other thing they brought up is that they're finally starting to get Activision and Blizzard games on the Game Pass, and the first one that they're starting with, which I believe is on it now. Um, if not, if maybe by the end of the month, was Diablo 4. So Diablo 4 is the first big title from their new um, acquisition of Activision and Blizzard that's going to be on the Game Pass. So I, would say, I do want to note, because I don't know if it said it in that
1: post, that I think it came out afterwards and I think is a smarter idea mm-hmm. for these games. So You have to have the core Game Pass, the upgraded Game Pass, not the basic one, in order to be able to play Diablo 4.
0: Good, 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 good. So that was pretty much the um, the big update that everyone was waiting for. Um, I don't know if it was really that impressive. It's uh, I mean it's good knowledge I guess to know, but it didn't seem like we needed to have this suspense and this this we can't tell you the four games and a week later we have dates for all of them. So, overall I think it was kind of a waste of time. Um, I'm more interested about the leaps and bound technology jump and moving forward what else are going to put on the game pass, but as far as, as far as it goes, I still think it's just going to be legacy titles moving over. So unless there's anything else you want to add on that.
1: No, like I said, I think that this could have easily came out like that same Friday when everyone was shouting from the rooftops all these crazy rumors
0: and, you know, going crazy. Nice. So uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to... Um, submit a question that Andrew and I can answer on the show you can do so a couple of different ways you can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com you can leave a comment in the YouTube section and we can grab it there or you can find me at Craig Paralis on social media and I can take it there and this question comes from uh, Chris Treo, and they write uh, what did you guys think of Halo Season 2 better or worse so far from Season 1 I think a I think a stronger start but still not that well done so yeah, Halo 2 is, or Halo Season 2 is finally out. Um, it did take a while. The original one, the Season 1 came out back in 2022. So now that it's 2024, we finally have Season 2. And yeah, Season 1 was a hit and miss for a lot of people because it kind of tried to do its own thing. It, it, it took It took the franchise and a property that we know and love and characters like Master Chief... And kind of remade them, and a lot of people were concerned of like, if if Halo has some of these great stories wh- from books and from games, you know, why make why make a whole different show? But for me, I watched it two years ago. Andrew had the pleasure of running through it all. You went front to back, right? You did right run now. and then you take a break and then you watch two. So um, as of now, when we get to season part two. Uh, there, there was two episodes that premiered when it dropped, so we're just I'm just going to be kind of talking about those, but as of right now, there are four episodes total, so let's backtrack a bit and just as somebody running through season one for the first time, what were your thoughts? Because a lot of people's biggest problem was Master Chief taking off his helmet, um, adding some characters or changing some people's um, identities and characters, so um, you know Halo more than I do. How did you like Halo after, after hearing all the, the drama that it had? I, Season don't,
1: one. I don't get what all the fuss was about. I personally didn't care when he took his helmet off because it's not like Master Chief has ever been like this, like V for Vendetta, why I don't let people see my face. So there's no logical reason for him to not take his helmet off or for other people to see what he looks like. I would assume he's out of his suit a bunch of times when he's walking around and doing whatever. He can't be in that thing 24-7. People know what he looks like. So I felt like that was the biggest thing that people were going like crazy about in the beginning. I personally don't have a problem with it, and I've watched all four episodes of the newest season, that there's personally one scene in the newest episode that completely justifies a reason why he's out of it, that I'm like, man, like... Not that I ever cared too much before, but I'm like, that is a really cool scene and a really great idea that that couldn't have been done with him wearing his suit. It's so much better that he's not wearing his suit just for this specific moment that I'm like, okay, cool, I'm totally on board. I think the only problems I ever have with the outside stuff is the Spartans and the Covenant and obviously the fighting is so much more interesting. the, the My biggest problem with the original stuff is just the stuff with Quan. Like, I don't care for her. Because she's a I, brand new character, right? Right. Okay. I, I like the idea of the Separatists because that is in the games. You have these people that believe, that don't believe the UNSC and they think, like, either the Covenant's made up and the Spartans are just their hitmen and stuff like that. So that is a cool idea. But I didn't need to see her try to regain this planet for whatever reason for her and her family. Like, she's not really that interesting a character. I would have just liked to see them in passing versus... Following the storyline, I personally think Soren was far more interesting as the pirate than her.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the, the other thing, too, Is because is, Soren's a new character as well, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, it's interesting because... At least I believe so. Yeah, hey, I, 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 I don't think he so. was, too, because that's what I was trying to say. I'm like, I don't think this guy's in the game, either. And it's it kind of hurt it when, you know, side characters... Quan suck, but, like, they're more interesting than what I think Season 1 had going on. But they were trying to build the story. They were trying to set up this, this kind of... Uh, this war that eventually is coming and It's interesting to point out that when, um, uh, Halo season one dropped, um, it was, I believe at the time, maybe not anymore. It was like the number one show, um, viewed for Paramount plus. And as of, uh, September 30th, 2023, it was showing that they had 63.4 million subscribers. Uh, as of, uh, but just to put that in context, compared to Netflix, they have two hundred and sixty million subscribers. So they were, you know, their Halo was the best on a streaming platform that didn't really have a lot of viewers. And I don't, what kind of sucks is season two's back out now, and I don't think their viewership is skyrocketed because, like, when Alan or when uh, John Reacher is that what it was, Jack Reacher, Jack Reacher came out, like memberships went skyrocketing um, for Amazon, and uh, it's unfortunately the Halo isn't, it doesn't, you know, it lost that. That um that that hype because it putting out season two didn't help the streaming channel at all. Uh, yeah, it.
1: Uh, I wonder if though because maybe it's not getting that kind of viewership, those kind of numbers. The uh, season two has reviewed a lot better than season one has with just the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe spreading that word of mouth will be like, hey, maybe if you didn't like it, especially because they got like a new writer, they're kind of going with some new directions. Season two is far better. I mean, for your question, I wonder how many episodes you watched or if you just watched the first two. Because I've seen all four now. And I think, I, again, I didn't have a problem with one. I think season four is great. I think it is it is arguably better than the first one, too.
0: Yeah, it, did, it definitely got much better um, uh, reviews. Uh, season one was at a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Season 2 is already sitting at an 89, fluctuating with a 90%. So yeah, it's 20% better than that. But I wanted to read this too from movieweb.com. And it's talking about Season 2 saying, The consensus among critics is is unmistakable. Season 2 represents a significant evolution from the initial offering. With feedback highlighting a more finely honed approach to storytelling and character development, the series seems to have found its footing. Alex Mady of Joe Blow articulates the sentiment well, asserting that the current season marks a step in the right direction towards delivering the experience long sought after by the Halo fanbase. Eric Masoto from Collider and Kate Sanchez of But Why Though echo this optimism, pointing to the enhanced scope and refined execution as key factors in the season's success. So... If you were on the fence and you weren't doing your homework, it does, everyone seems to universally be agreeing that season two is better, it's stronger, it's more towards what you would want, and it's it does kind of suck that they didn't start with a good Halo, but it seems like they've clearly learned from their mistakes, and, I mean, even in the first two episodes I've seen, certain characters, like, we don't like, I don't know how much she's going to pop up moving forward, like, they're already not focusing on that, because the other one starts off with people you don't know, and... Um, again, the pirate guy—he's—he's he's always dope, and they are moving forward um, with what you want to see. One of the biggest people that I end up liking because um, Halsey, 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 b- always Halsey is amazing. But the new character that kind of took her role, um, Ackerson, dude—he's by far my favorite guy so far. He steals. He eats up that dialogue. I hate hey, him, but that's what—that's
1: how it's supposed to be. Yeah.
0: So as far as um, just this new kind of um, antagonist. I already love where they're going with it. What you find out, what's kind of going on with Cortana, what's going on with Halsey. Again, I'm only talking from the first initial episodes, but uh, you've gone a little further. So if you want, um, how much better would you say it's, it, it, would you agree that those are the strongest points of it being better than one? And the storyline clearly, um, Sanctuary is going to be a big thing, right? Or Reach, right? Right. I, I mean, I, I
1: oh, we will give you the spoilers now. It, it obviously everyone knew this is where it was coming. You can see it in the episode lining too that it is going to depict the famous like Fall of Reach or Halo Reach. So so, oh, so
0: they're actually doing something from the games. Yeah. So, instead of not doing anything like season one.
1: Yeah. So once <laughs> you act, and I guess maybe it, it had to take season one to get here to set up I that think world too, building yeah. that I could forgive it. And maybe that's the thing too. And coming from like, I could have watched season one and then taken two years and been like, man, that was kind of a feeling. Whereas I watched it now, leading into this, and I'm like, well, this is where it had to start, and this is where we are now. That I'm like, okay, cool, I'm in because I just binged it. So I guess maybe same thing like Game of Thrones. Some people said that took a little too long, but I had binged that all at one point. That I'm, I'm, I have a skewed view of it. But once you get to like the stuff going on and reach and everything. It is so interesting. Again, they kind of dropped down on some of the other people that were maybe less interesting or less favorable. And even when you watch the first two episodes, the action is so good, especially when you see it on Sanctuary 2 because you would watch that. Yeah. It all, part of it is... You have this over-the-top action where it feels like k and he's fighting multiple people at one time like himself. It almost looks like the trailer. But then it'll drop almost into a section where you're seeing it from these normal people's perspective. And it plays out like a horror movie almost kind of yeah. too when they're just surrounded. Because they don't have any experience dealing with this because they're not super soldiers. Yeah,
0: and, and then again, we weren't trying to do big spoilers. We weren't trying to pick apart the episodes because that's on free but we were just kind of pointing out that if you are on the fence or you really hated like uh my buddy Corey, oh uh, he know cory he's in our yeah. group i was asking him and i was asking brian i'm like hey because they play halo i'm like what are your guys' thoughts on season two and and cory was just like when i told him i was gonna say this on the show i'm like he's like number one was like so fucking bad i'm never i'll never watch season two so you got to remember there are people out there like that and, and that's fair that's completely fair that like Halo 1 just rubbed them, season 1 rubbed them the wrong way, that they're not returning for season 2, and that's just unfortunate. So if you are one of those people, I mean, Andrew's a little further than I am, but it does get better, and I think it is going to be a version of Halo that Halo fans are going to like. It, does, it just has a completely different taste in your mouth. It's just way better. I, I The only thing I'm finding that I'm missing, that number 1 did at least a few times, is I'm not hearing game noises anymore, and I'm not hearing... Good battle music. And because my other biggest gripe, and I'm sure that's going to change. You you do get that. Okay, okay. okay. And I'm sure it was going to change. Is like, so for episode uh, number two, there wasn't any action in the whole episode until 42 minutes in. Because I paused it and I looked. So 42 minutes in out of a 46 minute show that starts rolling credits at 44 minutes. So I'm like, there's this whole, and I think, Again, you gotta set up the what's happening in the background. You gotta get the politics and all that stuff going. But like, I think people want more action, and I think one kind of didn't hit that as hard. But it sounds like two is gonna fuck blow it out of the water. Yeah, I'll say you have to get into that building because
1: once the stuff on Reach takes off, that's like all it's about and everything. So I personally don't mind. I like the slow burn. I find myself when I was watching it, my biggest gripe and the only thing I ever thought, I'm like. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. Is when people are using the BR, it's not a three burst. It's like a full auto gun. And that was the only time I ever caught myself like, well, that's not like the game. This is stupid. <laughs> but other than that, I personally don't have a problem with it. And I just don't understand. People think that Master Chief is like Darth Vader. Like he needs his suit to survive. And
0: it's like, that's not how he's ever been. Yeah. It's just that's, that's just how the game's always just portrayed it. But um, so yeah, if you've been on the fence and you've been hesitant, um, give it a go. Would you suggest anyone skip? season 1 if they haven't even started it because they've heard it and just start with season 2 and maybe watch a recap. Yeah,
1: you could. I think my brother he's like I don't remember one. I, I think I'm gonna have to really watch it. I'm like no, just watch season 2 because they walk back like kind of a lot cuz season 2 has like a different like lead and stuff like that as far as like um in the background I think like a writer and director. So they walk back some of these decisions that maybe didn't make sense and people kind of go over it but then that's the end of it and you're like you explain the justification and now here's where we're going and why and you could just go from there
0: good so there you have it guys check out number two if you're on the fence and and see for yourself but it looks like it's moving in the right direction so uh that was the last question i had from a viewer what about i host i had a question for you i and have
1: a question <laughs> i was thinking about it the other day and this is because the resident Evil 4 dlc dropped and i'm like ah do i really uh, do i want to go and get it and play it? I, I do but maybe just not right now because i'm busy but uh my question was is there one achievement that's made you give up on more and the reason i was thinking about it is because resident Evil 4 i wanted 100 the game but I do not like doing the shooting gallery, and I did not want to sit there for hours upon hours upon hours with left base sitting here trying to do the stupid shooting gallery. So I gave up on the others because I could easily do like the professional mode. I already did all the other ones that are far harder to do. Before I realized that point of the shooting gallery, and then the same thing came out with the DLC. It's like, ah, oh, do I really want to play? Because I'm only gonna get these achievements, and I'm not gonna have 100% because I don't want to do the shooting gallery. So I just gave up on it.
0: Yeah, I was I was looking through some of my games, and nothing really jumped at me as as a as one that was like i'm not gonna do it but i but i was telling andrew I was like one that i will always make me not want to 100 a game is any game that has beat it one like if, if the hardest mode isn't offered to me originally because there's certain games I'll, I'll jump to the hardest just like i'm playing call of duty if i can start it veteran i'll try to you know i'll try to beat it with that but any game that's like once you beat it then you unlock the hardest difficulty, and now you have to play it again. I don't play games twice, not not for most. Out of the most part, I there are some games I'll go back. Like uh, Octopath Traveler was a game I beat twice because I I just really th- and that was a long RPG I thoroughly enjoyed it. But generally speaking, I don't go back and want to unlock nightmare mode. So any game that has beat once, beat twice, I'm already going okay. Well, now I'm cherry picking what achievements I'm going to do because I'm not going to go out of my way to get. All of them, because I just, I won't. Like, Alan Wake, that, I was, great game. Okay, now play it on the hardest mode again. I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking replay this game again after I just beat it. But that's just the kind of gamer I am. I don't, I I like moving on to the next thing and playing the next game, not going back and playing another 20 hours in something I just did.
1: I only do that for certain ones. I know,
0: I know. I know but you do it to the games you love. Like, you're, I, I always impresses me how much you can just do Resident Evil and get your S rank and that rank. But some of those but those games are, you can run through. I mean, you're getting the hardest achievement for beating in under two hours. It's like, that's different. Because I, I mean, playing it two hours something, but replaying a game that's like 30 hours. I was like, one of the, eh, it wasn't too long. I think it was like
1: 10. Mm-mm. But I redid, Um, I think it was Yakuza 2. But that's because you can do like New Game Plus by carrying over like all your stats and stuff like that. So I was already maxed out, so I'm like, oh, well, whatever, it's not that hard. But I just smashed everybody and their mom. And then I'm <laughs> skipping all the cutscenes except for the ones that I really remember liking, because I'm just like, ah, skip, 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 skip. And that one took me a little bit longer to do. But again, I'm just running through it. because, Especially if it has a new game plus, I'll always run through it. As long as you keep yourself to where you're overpowered, as long as you know how to play the
0: game. Nice. And I'm curious what Collins has to say, because he... He goes in 100% um, a lot of games. Like even playing um, uh, when I was playing Forza, and I was really getting into that. Um, one of the ones I was like, I'm not even gonna try this one because I like there's you have to hit all these signs, and some of them are like up on billboards and they're like and just in weird places. I'm like, I don't want to keep messing around with what car and what speed I gotta get and go find the angle of how I'm gonna dodge this thing. So something like that, I'm just anything that just sounds too time-consuming is, yeah. is another thing I won't do. But then I looked at Collins, and he's got 100% on it. So I'm like, hey, bravo to you, my man. So uh, was that everything we wanted to talk about? Oh, we got a little bit more time, um, so I'll ask a question. Because uh, the trailer, I believe, just dropped today, before Andrew and I started um, the episode. <clears throat> we just saw the Borderlands trailer, which was quite big. So it was like 2 minutes and 48 seconds, and I don't think we've had a teaser trailer come out. So they just kind of... Drop the whole thing on it. So my question to you is, um, do you think this movie looks good? And are you going to see it? I probably
1: will go see it. The In only there. way that I, yeah, the only way I wouldn't go see it is, is somehow this movie got like a four or like something like that. Now, normally I don't care off of other people's reviews, and I'll go see something. I've enjoyed stuff that's like sixes and fives, but if you get a really bad score, like a three or a two, then I know that for sure there's no way. I, I shouldn't even waste my time with it. I'm not the biggest Borderlands fan, so I'm already kind of like teetering on the edge of it and watching it. I am like, oh yeah, right. I forget
0: you, know, you don't like it as much as I do. I'm like,
1: ah, oh, it's whatever. It looks cool. I'm more of the idea like I'm gonna go support a video game movie to show that there's an audience for there and that we need stuff like this provided it's a good adaptation. But um I like Jack Black in it and yeah. I think he, coming, especially coming off of Bowser now doing this, I guess I just never realized how great you'd be for a voice actor, which is surprising me because he's already been to forever um, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Even though I don't watch like those movies or anything like that. So watching him do that, I love it. Oh,
0: that's who that chick is. So, yeah. So you have the cast of Lilith, Roland. And Kate Blanchett looks old as hell. Kate Blanchett, I don't know why. She looks, she's still very attractive. But you can tell she's older these days. And so it's going to, it looks like it's going to revolve around Lilith, uh, Roland, Tiny Tina, Claptrap, Moxie, and then obviously there's some other players. Crom's in here. Um, I thought I thought it captured the look, the aesthetic of what Borderlands is. I thought some of the lines were a little cheesy, but then one of my... I'm like, but Borderlands is yeah. cheesy, but what kind of rebuilds my faith in it, because I forgot who was directing it, is Eli Roth is writing and directing it. And isn't Eli Roth the one that does the horror movie you like, Hostel?
1: Yeah, he did, Hostel, Kevin Fever.
0: Yeah, so I do Bear like... the and Glorious yeah, yeah, that's good old Eli um so yeah i do have a lot more confidence in it um it it looks like it captured the vibe of borderlands and i was telling andrew it looks like it's kind of mimicking a guardians of the galaxy type tone which is not a bad thing at all you got a ca- a cast of you know kind of different characters that are all kind of uh joking around with themselves i i kind of want to see more of how vulgar and more um, um brutal it's going to be because it did look like they were showing off a lot of jokes and things like that which is fine I I, overall I think it was a good trailer and I'm definitely excited to see it so the question is for you guys did you think it looked good and are you going to go see it so awesome guys that is the end of episode 187 guys join us next week for episode 188 until next time guys my name is Craig Perales this is Mandrew Montemay cheers see you out there